into racing only better ahead of the weekend's action from York and Sandown and a bit of France in there as well. But of course, York is the focus of our attention this week with the Ebor meeting. And to go through the last two days, the Friday and the Saturday, the big race on ITV, I am joined by the normal racing only better gang of Dan Barber. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm at York on Friday. Um, that's giving away when we're recording, we're recording on Thursday. But um, I can't wait. Obviously, I've missed Bayeed, which is a shame, but I get to see the Nunthorpe, which is as good a sprint race as you'll ever see. I think it's almost, I think it's about as good as those we saw at Royal Ascot with the Aussies coming over. Such an interesting dynamic with the two-year-old, obviously. Absolutely. We will be getting stuck into that in due course, of course. Uh, Kevin, you are not in York, but enjoying the action from at home in Ireland, I hope. Yeah, I'm fairly sick to miss yesterday, to be honest. It was a proper um, I was here moment, or in my case, I wish I was here moment. Uh, it, it seemed very special uh, type of performance we only see every so often. And yeah, sorry to miss it, but very much enjoyed it from uh, from my chair in Golden. Oh, look, we'll be getting stuck into that on Monday's edition of Weighed In by Eve's performance, but I can vouch for the fact it was a really, really special day. I absolutely loved it. I was there myself. Uh, Brendan, I presume you enjoyed watching it as much as I did being there? Very much so, yeah. Hugely thrilling performance, basically. Best horse in the world has finally captured the public's imagination, yes, and not before time. <laughs> yeah. Nobody mentioned the fact that Mishriff has gone at the game and Sabuska was third. Right. Yeah. Dan, 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 that is enough of you you'll be shoved sir, off this show sir busker in the down. form of his life new horse <laughs> over the trip I right look guys let's plow on with friday's card from york um loads to get stuck into here uh kicking off with the 150 over the mile four furlongs this is the Skybet stakes and it's the handicap very competitive one the montabalan or however the hell you say it is favorite as <laughs> not like stand. that <laughs> as things stand at the moment Dan on, you can go first then uh, who do you fancy in this uh, whatever you said Juan del Montel Banner Bannon um, <laughs> Barry Bannon Juan del Montel Bannon I'm going to go with if that's alright yeah yeah. Um, the, back in the day with the Eborn race like this around the York round course all the talk would be oh you can't win from a high draw but I mean, that's just not true anymore, is it? They have developed a massive bias, I think, on the sprint track to low numbers. But I just like what Juan de Montalban's done this season. He's clearly thrived for a different stable. It's no slight in O'Meara, who's very good, but Philippart Defoy has really, really revitalised this horse. A former classic contender, I think, in, going back, he was second in an Italian derby when he was trained in, in Italy. And his form now is even better than it was then. One, two of his last three. The third horse has has come out and won from that Ascot race. I put up the Whitmaster next time. He just didn't get a clear run in the Shergar Cup, so I'm not going to judge it through that prism. I think that form's fine, and I think the rise in the weights is fine too. He's just a very solid horse, so I think he'll get the right ride, be handy, and, and kick on. Yeah, career-high mark of 104 to contend with now, but like you say, he's going the right direction all the time for the new yard. Kev, um, this is one of the races that Betfair are paying five places on. Do you fancy anything at a bigger price to fill the places going with a win bet here? That one first and foremost, Vanessa. Juan Perez de Montalban was a Spanish Catholic priest who used to write plays in the manner of Luke de Vega, and he's by Luke de Vega. So he's in the manner of a well, horse. Wow. He's quite well named, in fairness to him. That is pretty clever. <laughs> that is pretty clever. Um, but look, as everyone knows, Vanessa, you can't win from high draws around this course and distance. So I'm gonna go <laughs> with, so, so I'm going to be a speculative Sammy and go for Tasman Bay at a million to one from stall one. Um, he's literally 33 to 1 or something like that he's a horse I've always liked um, I, I stuck him up at Royal Ascot there um, last year and he bumped into some yoke called Alan Kerr who, who managed to beat him and um, don't think he turned out to be too bad in the end um, and his form last year reads really well his form this year doesn't um, but in fairness since um, Sir Mark Todd came back from his enforced absence he, he's been kind of ha having trouble having winners um, he's only had a handful um, but look, this horse is massive and I'm just kind of hoping that he, he's just on a steady build with him. Um, and they have mentioned the likes of the Melbourne Cup, etc. with him. Um, I think he might actually be suited to that type of lark. Um, and if they want to do that, the handicapper has unhelpfully dropped him four pounds for his last run. So they need to get him back up to get him high enough. 
Um, so they'll really want to win this. Uh, wanting to win and winning are two very, very different things, as we all know. Um, but I do think he might just be running into a bit of form. And um, at a million to one, um, I'll give him an each way shout. Big swing, five places. We like it. Brendan, how are you playing this race? Well, I, I don't exactly know what's going to happen because I was on the, this show previewing the Shergar Cup and Charging Thunder was put in three to one favour for a race and me in a real shrewd Van Nistelrooy moment. But oh yeah, yeah, that's a bet. Uh, went off three times the price. The market couldn't give him away. So I don't know what's going to happen. But I feel like at a double figure price, he should run really well here. He's in the form of his life. He's tactically versatile in a race where there isn't a whole, well, I couldn't find an obvious front runner anyway. So that will help. Ryan Moore is booked. Uh, and he, he I mean, he, he, despite the drift, he ran a massive race and asked got second to a highly progressive horse. And he just got a bit keen early. You know, that mile and a half track in Ascot, they get racing downhill and some horses just get away. He's usually um, a very tractable horse. I accept, expect him to settle better early tomorrow and I'll be very surprised if he's out of the five. But he could go off 33 to one. I don't know. <laughs> OK, OK. Uh, let's move on to the Lonsdale Cup, the Group 2. Stradivarius versus Trushan, if Trushan runs. Praying for the rain oh. over there for him. Uh, Stradivarius back at his beloved York, Dan. Is he going to win again? Yeah, we, the last time we said this, we said that the last time we said this, and then we said the last time that we said this, but the staying race <laughs> is basically the same position, whereas you've got the true Sham Willie won't he? And it's probably a won't he at the minute because there's been a lot of rain in the south of England, but I don't, I think largely in the north we've, we've avoided it. Um, and he's likely to be taken out, which spoils race on a few levels. You'd obviously be hit with a massive through four if you're back in Strada, who's the obvious alternative. And apart from TC's old Betfair exchange each way market that retains the three places, you're going to be scuppered if you bet in each way because you'll be down to two because only eight runs. So I actually hope Strada various wins. I really like the whole subject. Everybody likes to diss him, but I, I don't know. Take a, take the panto out of it. He's an absolute smasher. And if, if True Shan's not there, he'll, I think he'll just win. Yeah, I think you probably will. I'd be in agreement with that. Kevin, where are you going in the Yeah, in the style of the late, great, notorious B.I.G. Vanessa, this is all a little bit tedious with Trisha. Wow, you're a fan of that sort of music. Really? I have a very eclectic musical taste. Wow. And there's the whole Willy Walty. Look, we obviously want Trisha to run with the whole waiting until the last minute to find out. It is quite tedious. Um, wouldn't be allowed in other jurisdictions, I tell you, Vanessa. But anyway, I'm going to bypass all of this because this could completely kibosh this race in many ways. Um, not only would it with a big rule four deduction, uh, but with knocking down seven runners as well. So it just could be a, a right pain in the old backside. So I'm going to attempt to bypass all of that by putting up quick torn place only on, okay. uh, on the Betfair exchange. Um, because they will retain the three places, even if there is a nonner. Um, uh, you can't avoid the, the deduction, unfortunately, but there you go. Um, I, yeah, I've always liked this horse. He's always looked talented. He's kind of, he won um, one of those fiercely difficult handicaps at Royal Ascot there last year, the Duke of Edinburgh, and he's continued to march up the ranks. But Vanessa, the key is the change of tactics, I reckon. They switched up the front running with him in his last two starts. And that has yielded a group three win at Sandown and a group two win at Longchamp. Um, his form is still short of the main ones, no doubt about it. But um, I think he could still be coming forward a little bit. Um, and if Nate the Great leaves him alone, which I think he will, um, he might just get a reasonable solo out in front. And we know um, they like to strike late with Stradivarius, um, seeing as they, they've made a they've made a career of overcomplicating him. So um, we'll, we'll we'll hope Quicktorn can hang in there and, and certainly finish in the three at the very least. Yeah, excellent front running rides by Tom Arcond, and he'll be looking to do the same again. Brendan, any scope in Coltrane for the Balding Yard? I know he was not good enough last time, but the best in the market. If it does cut up, is he any value? I, it's just so hard to see him turning the form around with Stradivarius. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I just can't see it. He's a progressive horse, but he's got so, so, so much to find. And Stradivarius was not at his best, is not far off, and he's only a few pounds below his best. He's running consistently well. And uh, the only uh, notorious BIG reference I know is Mo Money, Mo Problems. And 
despite despite putting up 141 bags, York can't tempt Trushan out of a stable. So I, I thought Stradivarius would win. <laughs> <laughs> I think Shrad would beat him if Trushan ran as well. So there we go. I hope he does. I hope he does too. Um, Brendan, let's mix it up and stick with you for the gym crack. Uh, Royal Scotsman in here on from his Goodwood group success. New rivals this time around. A um, couple of unbeaten types in there. Noble style, notable in there. Um, can he keep his progression going forward? Yeah, well, I mean, he, he'll probably have to run a career best. It's hard, as you say, trying to tie all these form lines together, but he's to concede a penalty. I mean, that Marshman was wildly impressive in Thursday. I know the Fav put in a bit of a, a bit of a laboured effort, but he must be a right good horse, Marshman. Uh, th- th- there's just a, a host of interesting horses here, and Royal Scotsman has to concede weight to, the, to them, but I think he'll manage it. I mean, that Coventry form is, is, is strong form, despite um, little Big Bear ripping it to shreds and the cur. I, I, I do rate that form, and I, I think he improved again at Goodwood. He couldn't have been more impressed. I mean, he only won a length and a half. He just travelled all over them and bolted up. So I don't see any reason why we wouldn't see another career best here. And I thought that might just be good enough. Yeah. Dan, we were with Chateau for the Richmond Stakes at Goodwood um, and that he didn't step forward. I thought he would. And it's such disappointing. But I think above all else, Royal Scotsman was more impressive than I thought he was going to be. And now I'm thinking I'm stupid to look away from him. <laughs> he was good, but I thought, and he was, he's probably just a better horse, but didn't you think he got, a cleaner run through as well. Shatter was a bit messed around, couldn't get rid- get to the rail and get a clear run. Yeah, but he me- loves being like that. He loves finding mm. issues that. Yeah, I just, I, I do, I would like to see him though in a race where they go an end to end pace as they will, and he gets, he gets a clear run. He gets because for me, it's his strength at the finish which is the most important aspect of his, of his attributes. I'm going to put him up. I think he's the each way value in the race. Um, we we know he's got a level and. It's still a fairly high level, even if he's not a top-notch two-year-old. I think he's guaranteed to run somewhere near it. And I quite like the draw in three, because I mentioned briefly in the opening race that high draws on this sprint track, I, d- I just don't want any more. I know it's only 12 runners, but Royal Scotsman's 11 and Noble Styles in 12. Chateau's in three. Perhaps Marshman will just blast out in nine and set it up for the highs, but I- I'm against them generally, and I just thought Chateau was extremely solid, and he's obviously a bigger prize than the other trio that are that are flashier. Yeah, fair, fair. Look, you're jumping off the cliff again with him. I'm abandoning the ship, and going over to Royal Scotsman's boat. Where are you going, Kevin? Yeah, tough this one. There's a few I like in here. It's one of those one of those setups, um, like noble style. Like him, clear point, like him. Uh, Royal Scotsman really liked him at Goodwood. Um, it's not think on... Noble Style look very. I thought he, I didn't like him the last day at Newmarket. No, I, I'm with you. Um, but in fairness, the second is a good horse, he ran very well that is a proper um, yesterday. Horse, second, yeah, yeah, he ran very well yesterday. And the Acom, um, maybe didn't quite get home. And Noble Style, like it had an interrupted prep, like I, I think he's better than that. And like he put up such a good number. At ask it first time that, that I'm happy to give him another chance. Um, but look, that that's kind of in the bush, whereas uh, Royal Scotsman is in the hand. Um, I thought he was very good at Goodwood. Like, it's not impossible for a horse to give up a Group 2 penalty in this. We saw it only a couple of years ago with the Chivoli Park horse, whose name is escaping me. He was by footsteps in the sand. I remember it well, everything except his name. I know he had to come back to me. Um, he did that in this race a couple of years ago. Um, and Royal Scotsman, I thought, was very good at Goodwood, beating a couple of smart ones, including Chateau. Uh, but Al Carrara is, is a good horse as well, I feel. Um, it was good on the clock, etc. And look, I think he's a, a proper six furlong horse. The draw is a bit of a concern, as Dan alludes to. But um, look, there's a few here that are kind of overmatched and overfaced. And I'm hoping they, they can sort themselves out um, in a not too disadvantageous position. Um, yeah, I thought Royal Scotsman is a, is a reasonable price to give away the weight. Okay, I'm with you as well. Uh, love the two-year-olds this year. Really enjoyed following them. And now we'd Tread. like Brendan said. We've already got, we've now oh, yeah. got emerging of form lines again. Uh, let's move on to the Nunthorpe. Kevin, you can go first here. Oh, um, yes. I can't abandon Royal Acclaim. I've spoken about it before. I was at Bath. I loved her at York. I followed her to York. 
and I just can't get away from her despite the fact I'm well aware it is such a terrific race it's very unoriginal to make that blatant point about the very short price favourite when there's so many good horses in behind her but that's where I'm going I can't abandon her now so I'm all aboard Royal Acclaim now you see look at your screens now guys look at your screens and look at Dan Barber that's Dan Barber's poker face because he's absolutely fuming that you've gone to me first in this Vanessa I reckon no because because we're going to play the same angle here, Dan, aren't we? Because I remember back back in my young days, back in my youth, back when I was full of enthusiasm and good looks, when I was working for Time Form, <laughs> living, living with Dan Barber, of course, briefly, and yeah. David Johnson. I remember from, the, from, the, from those hallowed halls in Halifax, just how strong a view Time Form have about the wait for age that uh, that two-year-olds get in this race. They've been jumping up, jumping up and down, headbutting walls about it for decades. That is way too generous. And, and I've always agreed with it. I've been shouting and roaring to get more top two-year-olds having a crack at this over the years. We haven't got to see it much. Um, Acapulco nearly did it a few years back. Kingsgate Native, of course, was the last one to do it. Mm. Um, I, can't, it I can't understand how Wes Ward doesn't run something in it every year. He doesn't. Um, and we get to see it here with the Platinum Queen. Uh, and she was looked super impressive the last twice. We're all really impressed with her at York. Um, the last time she was here, I think we all put her up um, going to Goodwood. And she was spectacular there. Um, broke the juvenile track record. Um, faster time than the Molecombe winner, carrying more weight, etc. She's very, very fast. And we've seen her do it at York, which is absolutely no harm at all. Um, and she's got to carry eight stone two here. Vanessa getting, um, what are we talking? We're talking... 22. 22 pounds up to 27 pounds away from some of her rivals. It's just so much weight. You've got the pocket rocket, Holly Doyle, um, taking the ride. There won't be too much lead in the bag. Um, and yeah, I, I got to go with her. I, I think Royal Acclaim has a bit of X factor about her, but um, the Platinum Queen, you'd love her to be drawn lower, but I, I can't leave a goodbye, Vanessa. Every time a two-year-old runs in this race, I tend to put them up. Um, so I, I can't, I can't stray away from the Platinum Queen. Okay, well, Valley case is made. The Platinum Queen about three to one as things stand with Betfair at the moment against Royal Acclaim at 13 to eight. Dan, are you just concurring what Kevin has said? Well, can I do a thing that uh, people love to love to do on social media just because it makes them sound good and pro where they go, this is just a race I want to watch. I've no interest in having a bet. So sort of I'm in that category. Really, I want to have a bet. But as Kev mentioned, it's just that blooming drawing 13. But maybe she's so fast that she gets out and she can be positioned pretty much where Holly wants to. And that is the massive icing on the cake, isn't it? You've got a top three, top five rider in the whole country, in possibly Britain and Ireland, and she's able to do 8-2. God bless them. But back in the day, you'd be... You'd be asking Gary Bardwell to to ride the horse or, or one of the other lightweights. What's Jimmy Quinn's number, lads? Let's get him on yeah. the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly old enough to be um, Holly's granddad, probably. And Holly's in the, uh, the peak <laughs> of her power. That is a ma- that I is, love Jimmy Quinn. That is a massive... <laughs> yeah, same. I mean, the longevity is unbelievable. But you've got an unbelievably good rider getting down uh, who's able to do 8-2. And that, that's just 20 odd pounds, 20 odd pounds to a fast, clearly well developed filly who's professional. Uh, my heart is massively with her, but the draw is, is sadly in the head slightly. So I'll probably just sit there watching and enjoy it like those Twitter pros do. Excellent. Well, that's okay. We can allow you off one race. That's all right, Dan. Um, Brendan, you in agreement with the boys, the wait for age of the two year old for Platinum Queen? Uh, maybe I, I, I'm certainly not in agreement with them. I, I, I'm not as excited about this race as they are. It looks like a Group One in name only to me. I mean, the favourite, albeit wildly impressive, won a listed race last time out. The the, the, the second five two are getting all the weight, but I mean, she, she she's not coming out of a strong grade. I just I, I I don't know. I think this is more like a Group Two race. So I was half interested in Highfield Princess. I can see the, the obvious problem, stepping back to five furlongs. The last time she ran over five furlongs, she got beaten by Tone the Barone in Wolverhampton. That was a day to be there, Vanessa, in fairness. But um, as, as, we, <laughs> as, as, we, as we all know, she's taken her form to the stratosphere since. And she does travel 
extremely well in our races. Now, it's one thing traveling well over an extended six furlongs, six furlongs. This race is going to be run at an inferno pace, and there's definitely a chance she'll just be taken off her feet and uh, is completely uncomfortable in the race. But a 10 to 1, a, a, a better filly who's in rare form, highly progressive, won a stack group one last time out. I thought she was too big. Okay, too big a price for Highfield Princess then at around 10 to 1. Um, look, don't let Brent, listeners, don't listen to Brendan basically when it comes to his lack of enthusiasm for this race. I'm very buzzed for it, as is Dan clearly. Kevin a bit mad, but he doesn't get excited about anything. So really, all in all, it's going to be a great race, Brendan. Come on now. Um, okay. <laughs> um, last race on Friday is the Phillies Handicap. And it could be a very, I mean, it's already been a very big week for William Haggis, but when we get into Saturday's card and this race as well, I mean, we're talking about Haggis horses up at the top of the market for so many of those races, including this with Amanzo, Tom Arkham, William Haggis, 11 to 4 at the moment, paying four places on Betfair, guys. Um, Dan, we will come to you first. Amanzo out of the Sugar Cup rate, uh, card, is, is, are you looking away from her at the top of the market? Well, she's flying. She's a three-year-old. She's got Mark and she's Haggis. And if you had a quid, if you had a quid for every time somebody told you that William Haggis loves to have winners at York, you'd be very, very rich, wouldn't you? <laughs> but I think I think there's an old horse. I don't think the the gap has been as vast this year. Remember that race we were discuss, discussing last week, where I foolishly put up the Johnston horse, but General Lee was only just reeled in after going well clear in that Newbury race. I'm just a few examples of that of three-year-olds not necessarily having a massive step on the older ones. And I do think State Occasion has got some strong form at the top. Um, that defeat of Rousset looked fine anyway. I put up Rousset that day at Glorious Goodwood. Rousset's come out and won at listed level since um, at Salisbury, getting there late under Holly. Um, the fourth has come out and finished, just been touched off in second by an odds-on shot of Haggis's in a handicap next time. And State Occasion, I was really impressed. The market really spoke for her and she was well on top at the finish. I, I quite like her form. She'd be my pick above Amanzoe, despite Amanzoe's obvious credentials. Okay, State Occasion at around five to one for Dan. Uh, Champion is in there for the Varian team, making her handicap debut, Kev. Um shown obviously a decent level of form thus far but i don't know if you're looking away from her into sort of more sort of experienced types here no look vanessa i think the most important point to make about this race is willem haggis loves having winners at york and i'm and zoe i'm and zoe whatever uh, like this british handicapper just lets these horses off so easy you know uh three pounds for winning the sugar cup meeting last time er, earned every single one of them should have got more um still unexposed at the trip it's a bit painfully obvious now but um, I thought she'd take a fair bit of whack. And, and look, if, if the will of Willem Haggis to have winners on the Nailsmire is worth anything, it, it'll help Will her home as well. Ah, ah. <laughs> Brendan, views on the last race on Friday, please. All aboard well, the Willem Haggis at York train. Well, indeed, <laughs> in, 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 indeed <laughs> Vanessa, I, I very much need to raise my energy levels, having disgraced myself on the Nuntorp. So I'm going to get all <laughs> American TV preacher on you here. Put your hands against the screen and give me an ah, man. <laughs> she, she, she is the one. That was some energy I brought there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah she's the one. I can I feel the, it. I, <laughs> uh, I agree with Kevin. Three pounds was lenient for the last day. And I would just say that in a race, again, where there isn't a lot of obvious pace, she's very straightforward. And a couple of her nearest rivals in the market can be quite keen. So I thought she'd be very hard to beat. Right, that wraps up Friday at York. Let's move on to Saturday. And don't forget, on Saturday, Betfair have the offer on. If you bet £10 on multiples, you get a free £10 bet on multiples. So keep that in mind when you're punting on Saturday. Um, let's move. Let's talk about the Strensel stakes to start with the Group 3, the 150 at York, over the nine furlongs. Mighty Ulysses in here, Kev. Now, this is a horse who I put up for the jersey over seven at Royal Ascot. Then he went over the mile there. Then he goes to Newmarket and wins at the July course. Stretching him out to the nine furlongs is what he wants, but he is a horse I'm a massive fan of, so I'm a bit confused about Mighty Ulysses. Put me right, yeah, will you? Yeah, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. I, I, think, I think he's the best horse in the race. Um, mm -hmm. Trip is a bit of a question mark, but, but I think he'll be fine. You know, it's just a furlong round York. Um, Frankie will ride him accordingly. 
one would hope. And look, if he can, excuse me, if he can get him relaxed early, um, which he, he he's not bad at how the Tory, in fairness to him, <laughs> um, I, I, th- I think he'll be able to, uh, I think he'll be able to carry that class over this extra furlong and go and win. Okay, uh, Dan, and uh, looking elsewhere away from the favourite Cadillac, I thought was interesting. Obviously, having his third run now for Kevin Philippart to fall in some near misses so far with that expensive price tag. Yeah, he's a bit, he's a bit of a thinker, though, isn't he? Oh, As Brenda said the other week, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want your mortgage on him. Remember how blistered he was as a two-year-old, like the world was at his feet, and it's never really happened for him. He ha- he tends to hang. I think I'm not saying these prices will still be on off time, but. I think there's too much between old rivals, my Ulysses and Alf Leila. They met each other in that new market listed race that you referred to. It was a crawl of a race. My Ulysses potted his way to the front, potted his way in front, and then just had enough left. He won by a length and a half. I mean, just had enough is an exaggeration. But Alf Leila tried to come from last. And this may this may or may not work out, but crackpot theory when you're dealing with something at a short price. My Ulysses was running really regularly. And now they've had, what is it? five six weeks off with him i just wonder if there might be a bit of ring rust maybe he'll come back and he'll be an even better horse strengthened up and all that jazz but i think there's a a chance that he's slightly off it first time as as kev says frankie might have to ride him slightly differently because of the trip he's unproven at it i just think alf layla's in really good nick stable's been really high strike rate this season he's since gone to pontifract after the New market second to to the favourite and beat a Maurice Diamond coming from a position at Ponty where you don't tend to win from on quickest ground. He was out the back, quick and through them. I thought it was impressive that day. And the hope is, of course, that Maurice Diamond, um, finest sound, who did it last time, will be ridden, ridden positively. And Al Flayler can do a trick that I like at York, coming coming quite late on on the round course. I I, I thought he was. I thought you should be a lot closer in the market to Mighty Ulysses. All right. Well, you've got Mighty Ulysses at six to four at the top of the market, Brendan, and then Alf Layla next best at seven to two. And Dan's made the point that they should be closer together. Do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, he could be right, yeah. It, it, it does seem uh, quite quite a big gap. And I don't, don't I don't like backing horses at under under two to one. And I probably won't have a bet in this race, but I could see Mighty Ulysses being two to one. And he probably is a bet at that price. I take your point uh, about the trip because he can be keen in his races. But I think this race sets up well from Dan mentioned that there's plenty of pace on. Should help to get him settled. Just a, He's just a progressive horse. Despite his keen going tendencies, uh, he, he's, he's put up uh, two big efforts. I mean, fifth in, albeit a muddling St. James's Palace. I'm still in St. James's Palace. Then he goes and beats a horse who has boosted the, the, the form since snug enough in, in Newmarket. Um, I I, I, I thought he could improve again here. I mean, he's, he's not an exposed horse. Um, and given his pedigree, I think he'd improve for the step up and trip and should win. Okay, mighty Ulysses it is then for Brendan. Let's move on to the Melrose handicap. Um, oh. Solcombe again for Haggis and Doyle is up at the top of the market, 100 to 30, anti-post favourite at the moment. Um, but then, Kevin, you've got two Godolphin horses in here, Wild Crusade. And Al Nafir, both for Appleby, William Buick, Frank Satori on board, uh, very different profiles, but falls back into that category you were talking about at Goodwood in, in regards to these type of horses in these colours with this trainer in handicaps over this sort of trip. Surely you're going with one of the Godolphin horses, are you, Kev? Yeah, I love this race, Vanessa. It's, it's always a real puzzle. Uh, like it's worth a load of money, and a lot of big trainers really line horses up for it. And uh, look back through the, the previous winners of it, like uh, it's remarkable. Like really, if you don't have te- at least ten pounds and sometimes twenty pounds up your sleeve, you're probably not going to win it. Um, like and that that and that's not a generalization. Like you, you look back through and like there's only a handful that wouldn't fit that bill. Like Coltrane winning this off eight stone eight and things like that. Like that that's typical. And they go on and be be proper group horses over staying trips. Um, so I'll give, I'll give you a line on Joseph's actually sends over in Nusrat. Um, Tony Martin won this race about 10 years ago. That was the last Irish horse to win it with a filly called Dark Crusader. Um, Fran used to ride her, Fran Berry. Um, but the, the Irish haven't come over all that often. Uh, very talented horse this fella now, but he takes a bit of riding. And, and Mikey got a lovely tune out of him last time. It was worth watching, actually. He was just super, super patient. And you couldn't wait long enough with him. Um, and, and he's always worked like quite a smart horse. So I wouldn't like to rule him out now and he'll be priced accordingly. But 
Um, look, Charlie Appleby's had, had had has won this race a few times there in recent years, and I, of his two, I thought Anna Fear was the more interesting. Um, he's the less exposed one. Um, look, all Ireland pedigree. He's by Dubawi out of Night Time. Who pop quiz was notable for being what? Galileo's jo- first classic winner. <laughs> I was going to say George Washington's only down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Galileo's first classic winner for DK Well back in the old days. Um, and uh, and in fairness, she, she hasn't been a bad old broodmare as well. She's thrown Gaiat and Zukova and a couple of others. And uh, look, he they obviously look. He shit when he, he he made his comeback in Newmarket. Uh, over 10 furlongs and he shaped like he wanted significantly further in fairness um, they've waited I suspect with this race in mind um, a little bit surprised Buick doesn't ride and Buick rides the other one but Frankie gets gets the, gets um, gets on board mark of 92 look loads of scope to improve o- over this type of test and um, he's the one I favour but uh, yeah it's hard to know at times what you're up against here plenty of these have been minded plenty of them are unexposed over the trip um, but yeah, Al Nafir will do for me. Al Nafir at sixth one in the market currently, just a point bigger than the other Appleby Halls Wild Crusade, five to one, Dan. Um, as as Kevin said there, it's a race that I don't know why. It's not a race I seem to love very much at all, but loads of people love this race, love getting stuck into it. I hope you've done your homework. I think it features in in Lydia Hislop's Twitter bio, doesn't it? A desire to try and find the winner of this race. Is it? I, I like it because it's staying horses and you're dealing with untapped potential. Um, I've always been a big fan of William Haggis runners at York. He loves having winners there. I, I think he does. I, I, think <laughs> pa- I think he's quite partial to having uh, a winner or place horse at York. And so comes the one for me in this. Now he's a, a shocking starter. Ben Keith would be if he was surf starter like this, he'd be absolutely appalled in his in his Twitter videos. But he keeps walking out of the stalls. But he's Holly again riding at eight stone four, progressive horse. That we discussed him at Goodwood. It was a big step up at the bottom of the weights in that race. But he acquitted himself really well. Secret State proved the other day that he's a proper group horse um, against Dover Legend and. I think Solcombe, if he gets out better, I mean, 83, he's just better than that, isn't he, based on the way he went at Goodwood. So, yeah, I'm hoping, obviously not many people have heard it, but William Haggis likes these winners at York, and I think this might be another one. (laughs) Right, guys, we've got to drop the joke. Brendan, go for it. Put up a William Haggis horse at York. Oh, well, I certainly couldn't put up this horse because he's just going to get himself into such trouble. He's going to be a long way off the pace in York. Um, I, I, he was a big eye catcher and good. I'm not even sure this horse will go off bad. I, it's such a worry with a start. I, I again have a real problem with this race because there's so many horses you like in it um, and all these late developing postpones. Uh, so I decided to go for a late developing postpone to take a complete wild swing at this temporize who's a pony, 25 to 1. Uh, and I mean, he only, he, start, he only started his career in the middle of July. Uh, he won a, won a Wolverhampton maiden, no less. Uh, then he goes and he's impressive in Newmarket in a race that's worked out pretty well. Goes back to Newmarket a week later for his um, handicap debut off a marker 92. Gets sent off 11 to 10 fab, albeit in a four-runner race. Blows out. So we've seen this story with Mark Johnson horses before. And it's also possible that it was just a week after... Uh, his, his, his previous win and it was his third run in 19 days it's just possible it was all a bit much from early on in his career he has a three week break coming into this race and if he could regain the thread of the initial promise of his first two runs 25 to 1 would look a, a price worth chancing like it 25 to 1 happy days big swing as the others go for shorter price horses in the Melrose uh Skybet City of York Stakes is next on the agenda over the seven furlongs at three o'clock on Saturday. Sandrine reopposing with Sacred at the top of the market and then much of a muchness at the moment. Sacred is four to one with Betfair. Sandrine nine to two. Um, Dan, I'm with Sandrine to confirm the form. I think um, people are inclined to think that Sacred will be able to reverse it back again. But I don't want to abandon Sandrine just yet. I think she'd be suited by York as well. Uh, the seven furlongs has been proven to be her ideal. And I yeah, I think it's unfair to abandon her on what she did last time. And I'm going to stick with her at nine to two at the moment. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what opposite Anna Cerebalis is. Awful year, but you had the opposite, didn't you? you? Had that amazing opener at Goodwood first two days, smashing big price naps in left, right, and centre. Sandrine was one of those, wasn't she? I thought she was. Uh, is it a Mirabilis? But what about the day that. version? Because obviously Anna's is a, a, a whole year. Anyway, let's oh. stop talking about Anna's. <laughs> let's get. Let's go. <laughs> wow! Um, wow! This went downhill quickly. And sorry, giving me some praise for God's sakes. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> Rohan is in absolutely rude health. I love this oh, horse, as we know. He surged from nearly last to first to win the World Kingdom. He then made an unbelievable burst at Newbury, where you, at, at first you're, you're amused. How was Rohan, with his, his finishing effort, not won that? But I believe he was clocking 10 and a half, 11 second furlongs late on. Just ridiculous burst that he made. And then he's been a never nearer uh, fall to Highfield Princess over in France in the Maurice de Geest. She, he's won over seven in the past, and God, I mean, if you want to get a horse shaped like seven will suit him, it's the way he comes over six. I know it can be quite specific. Some horses are just better at a stronger run six, but I think with his current form and the likes of Pogo, hopefully to set the gallop to enable him, I think he will settle. He's just that sort of horse, but I'm not sure the trips are worried, but maybe the market's pretending it is or thinking that it is. Okay, Rohan at the moment, six to one for the Evans, uh, the Dave Evans team. Adam Kirby obviously on board. Kev, where are you going in this? Yeah, I'm with the Rohan. Rohan um, oh. won't repeat what uh, what Dan has no. said because I just agree with it. Um, he's definitely worth another crack at this. Like he, like he has won over the trip now. He was rated about ten when it, when he did it. Um, but you know, so it's a bit different up at this higher level. But look, he ran so well over the six and a half in the in the Morris de Geest. He'll surely be okay. Um, and what about this the prize money for this race that's we, we were kind of half laughing there a few weeks back about this, this proliferation of seven furlong group twos in Britain all around the same time well York are very much standing up and saying hey lads we want to be a group one here's 400 grand let's yeah. get let's get it let's get our ratings up here and make this happen um they, they perhaps would have hoped for a couple of bigger guns to line up for the money but um, hey, they're putting their money where their mouth is, and, and we'll see if they get there in, in the years ahead because that's some pot. Absolutely. And Brendan, where are you going in this? Yeah, I'm with the lads uh, with, with 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 Rohan. He's a oh, character. This he's, he's a character. This horse, but I mean, he's put up some unbelievable runs in his life. He's fifth in the Flying Five last year. The car had to be seen to be believed. I definitely think he's the most talented horse in the race, and uh, for other reasons, the, the lad said I, I he was my main bet. But I think I'll have a saver on Brad the Brief, who was actually the highest rated horse in the race. Uh, had a very uh, difficult campaign last year, so I wouldn't worry about a seven furlongs then. And that's just really good form, booting, beating Munista in the Curra last time out with a good gap back to a case of you. A case of you now probably uh, was a little bit ring rusty, but still, Munista is carried out in her shield every time she runs. That's proper form, highest rated horse in the race, seven to one. I'd take a chance at the trip. Okay. Everyone aboard the Rohan train, then. I'm surprised by that, but uh, I'm sticking with Sandrine. Let's move on to the big race of the weekend. Well, the big handicap, anyway. The Ebor over the mile six at York. Massive field. Again, Kev, for massive prize money, as you'd expect in this race. We've got full field of 22. Um, and an Irish horse heads the betting at the moment. Where do you stand on it? Yeah, I tell you, I think the Irish have a really strong hand in general in this. Um, look, really hard race to win. And the Irish have won it a few times in the, in the not too distant past. Um, but it's very hard. And I tell you, like all of them have a case to be made for them. Like Ever Present has clearly been lined up for the race by Jesse, um, having won the big handicap at, at, on Irish Champions Weekend last year. Um, Paddy Toomey has made no secret that he's lined up Earl of Tyrone, and like he's he's been absolutely thriving. Um, Joseph has two in it that that I think both have their claims. Uh, I'd probably favour Okita Sushi. Um, look, primarily based on that run in Ascot obviously, in, in the Copper Horse Stakes. It, it was a big effort. It, it's just his way. He gets a little bit back in his races um, and he finished off particularly well that day. I think the form is strong. It, it's got a good few nudges since. Um, Get Shirty has won, has won a big race again since and lines up again here. Cleveland, you know, as Melbourne Cup bound, was second. Um, like, like It looks strong form for the type of race it was. And um, look, Leopardstown last time was an absolute disaster, really. Uh, the conspiracy 
theory theorists tin hat mob were out um about it but um it was an amateur race that basically just broke down badly and the leader got utterly detached from the rest including uh okita sushi and um it was race over from, from a long way out um complete mess really but look this will be much more likely to have much more pace in front of him um mikey sheehy rides him who is a is a very good three pound claimer i think he might only have a handful of winners left with his three pounds so it'd be fantastic if he could win a big one like this um to, to wave goodbye to his claim and yeah i'm hopeful he's only had five runs um look his stamina is very much there um and yeah i just i just hope he gets a kind spin around and gets the chance to show how good he is. So yeah, he, he's my selection now. But yeah, if you, if you could find a price for the Irish to win this, lads, I don't know if Betfair might be able to conjure that one up. That'd be quite interesting. I'll leave that with Barry Orr then. Um, typical Kevin Blake going with Joseph O'Brien's horse at 8-1 in the market, but it's a fair case made at a decent enough price. Earl of Tyrone, Brendan, uh, is the horse at the top of the market at 9-2. And of course, this is a race that Betfair are paying six places on. So loads of value to be had if you're looking around, looking for horses to run into the places. Different ways to play a race like this. Which way are you looking at it, Brendan? Oh, a, I'm absolutely heartbroken about this race because I really fancied a couple of horses and I thought, oh, there's going to be there's going to be a big field and it's definitely going to be pace on and I just can't find the pace. There's a real danger that this is a, a muddling contest and both of my horses are hold-up performers. So I'm going to have I'm going to have small bets, but they're kind of adjusting. This is more shrewd Van Nistelrooy stuff. They're kind of adjusting pace. <laughs> they, win, they, 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 they win bets. I don't really like the shape. We'd be dutching anything. We'd be dutching the two on <laughs> shrewd Van Nistelrooy. <laughs> I, 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 I will. So I, I, Kevin has already gone through the case for Akita Sushi. I mean, that, that current form behind Razio, that's proper form. Ran against the pace bias and that's got ran huge. And well, the last day just wasn't a proud day for Irish racing. We'll we, we write that off, but he's an unexposed <laughs> horse. I thought he, I thought he'd, um, I thought he'd a right chance. And uh, also, you can Glenn, who you may remember running in this race last year off a stone higher, uh, but he's back down to the mark he was when he was fifth in the race two years ago. Um, ran very well the last day against uh, Trawler Man. Uh, got balked. Uh, he'd definitely been second. You can make a case that he would have won, but encouraging, he shows that the, the fire still still burns bright uh, and off uh, a mark of 102. But again, one of the reasons, uh, the, the mark was the main reason he got stuffed at it last year, but another reason was they made too much use of him. He, he, he's, a real, he's a real horse, has to be dropped in and ridden for a bit of luck. But he'll need it in this race. If, if I'm reading, if my pace maps are right, this is going to be a bit complete dawdle. So, so there's two for you, just in case bets. Okay, just in case bets. Brandon really peaked with the excitement there with the Phillies handicap, <laughs> and has since just nudged off. I, I was excited about this race, and then I just looked down and I was like, "Where's the pace? Where's the pace? Where's?" And I just can't find. Don't look, I'm not I'm not excitement shaming you. We live in a world where we're not allowed to shame people. So, you know, I'm not shaming him. I'm just calling you out on it. Uh, Dan, who's fancy in the evil, please? Well, you pissed on my chips a bit there, Brendan, because I'll be going for a horse that will probably be played last of all. Uh, windy special last week, Good Earth, just got touched off in the Great St. Wilfrid. But my, my windy special this week is an each-way bet on Rodrigo Diaz. 25s each way. You'll get the Spencer treatment. I can recall Spencer steering Purple Moon to success. Now, did he Ugh. beat? Did he beat Honolulu? Something beat Honolulu. That three-year-old at Jam Road. I might, and I think he rode Dirar for Gordon as well. So he's got previous delivering them on the jam stick, as some commentators say. I think that's the taxes that will be employed on Rodrigo Diaz, who's just found himself because his marks risen in those tactical small field pattern races. They've not really suited him. He was very progressive in handicaps. He should have won that Newbury one. He got a bit of a shocker and got and, and the line came too soon. But I think he's, it sets up perfectly for him, provided the doom mongers, particularly those with the surname Duke, um, aren't correct. And there is something of a gallop because I can see him picking his way through. And we've got the extra places as well as a bonus. Yeah, six places on the e-ball with Betfair. So that's the sort of bet you're looking for. Big price, six places, horse that could run into a place. Happy days. Uh, last race from York to preview the six furlong, uh, the, the 410, the six furlong handicap. And again, another race that is playing an extra place with Betfair, five places with Betfair over the six furlongs. And Brendan, it's over to you because you're going to forgive some of the 
and again with him? Uh, but, uh, yes, I, I am. I'm not as convinced that he 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 likes York. His former range York is quite patchy, but Ripon just didn't go right. He, he he got taken over to the far side of the track. Now, I, it's possible that that wasn't a disadvantage. I I don't know, but he he did win the the forerunner race on his side. He's been dropped another pound. He's just a horse in in right good form, and I thought he was sure to run well again and could well win. Well, he's a nine-to-one shot, so he's plenty big enough as well. Uh, up at the top of the market, Dan, you've got Comanche Falls for Michael Dodds and Connor Beasley at seven-to-one, but that's your favourite, so it says for how wide open this is, as you would expect for a race of this nature. Who are you taking a chance with in this? You sort of feel Comanche was in cup final territory, I thought, winning that race for the second year in a row, the Stewart's Cup. I think something, as Brendan's saying, Summergan's just ready to win, nine-to-one. He's got the right box in two. I think if you're backing something each way, I mean, there might be each way double potential here, Rodrigo Diaz and Summergan, because I struggle to see a handful beating these. I just wanted to cast our minds back probably three or four years ago. Do you remember Mum's tipple? She, he's run at York twice. Do you remember the first time? Oh, Christ. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We all remember the first time. He won by a margin that you don't have to watch at Foss Lass in the height of winter on three-mile <laughs> steeplechases. It was freakish. And I mean, yeah. he's backing better Nick nowadays. Maybe the return here will... Will allow him to raise his game again, but no, I'm 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 duty bound really to to go with some again. I just think he's he's in rude health, despite the fact his form figures look a bit patchy. Okay, some again for Dan, some again friends. Well, something else in six. Will you, Kev? Spangle Mac for the three-year-olds. Um, he's I absolutely he's absolutely them. flying. In fairness to him, he's come alive. He was a um a, a great buy by current connections. They they bought him for like sixteen grand. Um, unraced. Um, out of a Shadowell dispersal, I think, and um, sure he's won a heap of races for them already, and was probably a little bit unlucky in the Shergar Cup last time. He's a horse that generally races prominently, and uh, he ended up out the back, flew home, finished second to a day in Asia. Um, I think he's better than that. He's in against you know older seasoned um sprinters here, but um, he's progressing at a rate of knots, and I thought he might be able to make an impact here. Yeah, Spangleback, 9-1, to one. can see the case for him as well. Wide open, 6 furlong handy handicap that. Um, let's just rattle through Sandown, Brendan. Um, two races to look at there, the first of which is the 2-5 over the mile, the Atalanta Stakes, uh, Group 3 contest. And it's kind of about the two Gosden horses in this with very differing profiles. You've got Laurel at 9-4 to four at the top of the market and then Grand Dam next at 11-4. to four. Um, Like I said, Laurel just with this one impressive win next to her name versus Grand Dam with a bit more experience under her belt. Which way are you playing it, Brendan? Yeah, and, and uh, Grand Dam, of course, beating Oscar the, the last day. Very, very strong form. Yeah, I, you've very strong. Covered- yeah, you've, I mean, you've probably covered it. Laurel looked hugely exciting um, in, in winning that uh, novice race, and she went off a short price. They they, they knew all about her. I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd take a chance on Mrs. Fitzherbert at a double figure price. She's another progressive filly. Her progression came to a shuddering halt in Epsom the last day. It was strange because she travelled really well in the race, and then when she was let down, I don't know, maybe it was the camber. I suppose that's the most likely explanation, given that it was Epsom. Um, and also, she was reported in season post race. So, but her, her her previous form at Goodwood reads re- re- really well. Uh, she could pick up the progressive thread again here, and at that kind of a price, you could take a chance. But you, you're, you'll probably be proven correct on that. Dutching the Johnny G two here is the way to go. <laughs> okay, twelve to one with Brendan's selection. Very quick word on the Solario Stakes, Brendan. Do you fancy anything in this? Uh, Desert Hero has been put in fab. I think I think that's correct. Uh, very impressive and Haydock it looked a really nice type on the telly. It was soft ground that day, but I don't see any particular reason why he won't be as effective on a quicker surface. And he'd do for me. Eleven to four for the William Haggis team. Does he like having winners at Sandown <laughs> as much as he likes them in York? That's the big question. <laughs> uh, Evan, over to you for a very quick word on the pre-morning as we wrap up. Uh, the entries have come out for that. Persian Force in there, the Riddler, the Antarctic, Blackbeard, um, and Manhattan Jungle as well for the Amy Murphy team back to the France where she's had such success. Who do you like the look of in that at this stage? 
Yeah, proper race, Vanessa. Maybe not as, as deep as the, the Phoenix Stakes, which was exceptional, but uh, Persian Force here will give us a, maybe give us a bit of a clue uh, with a few to Little Big Bear, I suppose. We were struggling to believe what we saw at the Carl, um, and they're backing up Persian Force quickly here to have another go at what would be a deserved Group 1. Um, in against the Riddler, you know, controversial Royal Ascot winner. Horse didn't get any credit because everybody focused on the absolutely bananas ride he got. Um, and look, Aidan O'Brien's two are, are, are very strong, you know, for different reasons they've supplemented in the Antarctic um, Blackbeard has looked a bit of a bit of a fruitcake at times but he's clearly very talented and seems to be getting a bit more professional as he goes so I don't have a selection of Vanessa but as Dan Barber would say you don't have to have a bet to enjoy this one lads <laughs> <laughs> and he's absolutely right everyone gamble responsibly for goodness sakes uh, nap time guys uh, let's go to you first Dan what's your nap of all the racing we have previewed there today Oh, I thought we might get a full house on Rohan, but no, I'm going for Rodrigo Diaz, win and place in the Ebo, please. Okay, happy days. Uh, my nap, I'm going to double down on Sandrine in the in the Skybet City of York stakes, going back in again with her. She's my nap at the weekend. Uh, Brendan, who's your nap? Uh, on Friday in York uh, at 4.10, Amman Zoe runs, and I think she'll be winning. In the one race, the Phillies handicap that got Brendan Duke excited on this show. I'm Love onto it. that. Yes. <laughs> uh, and Kevin, what's your nap? Spangled Mac in the sprint handicap at York on Saturday. Okay, and final <laughs> question to you before we wrap up, everyone. Betfair News just in are offering 11 to 8 for the Irish to win the Ebor. Ah, yes or no, yes. Dan Barber? Do you like that? <laughs> yes or no, Dan Barber? No, because Rodrigo Diaz wins it and he's trained by David Simcock. <laughs> Okay, Kevin Blake, yes or no? Ah, sure. Look, maybe just do the, the combination trifecta instead. <laughs> right, so the bottom line here, Brendan, is actually we don't like this prize at all by the sounds of things. Are you interested in that? 11 to 8 for an Irish winner of the of the Ebor? I'm sure it's a perfectly um it's a perfectly fair bet, but I've I've gone from being really gung-ho on, on the Ebor to uh, going really tepid, so I'm not going to look into the specials markets now. I'm just, I'll take uh, it for the Presbury Cup if it's an offer for March, please. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, Barrio. Um, right, look, that wraps up Racing Only Better, guys. Thank you very much, as always. Thank you for listening. Gamble responsibly, and we will see you and uh, you will hear us on Monday for Wade In. Have a very good weekend. <laughs>